0: Hello, Janet.
1: Hi, Ernie. You there? Yes. I'm going to turn you up. How are you? Much better now that you're here. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, this is so much nicer of a connection than the one last week. I can hear you so much better.
2: Good. Yeah, I'm on my... I'm in my room, so I have the phone directly to my ear rather than going through my AirPods, which seem to occasionally make life difficult.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Well, how are you
1: doing? I had a really good day. I had a good day. Oh, good. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm just kind of making myself comfortable in my bed. That's fine. I mean, I've been listening to um, all kinds of really inspirational lectures and teachings. One today was, yeah, praying through the Psalms. It's teaching me a lot more about prayer than I ever understood before. Amazing. Mm. Um, Good. I mean, stuff like that, you know. It's been a good day. And then I started putting up Christmas ornaments. Oh, how nice.
0: So how about you? Ah,
2: So uh, David and I had at least an hour and a half long conversation this afternoon. Okay. And it was a really, uh, it was a beautiful test case because we were talking about issues that we both felt very strongly about. And while it got a little emotional, it was still very civil and respectful all the way through, um, even when I said some things that other people could easily have taken umbrage at. and we agreed on all the facts of what happened, uh which is also really unusual. Um, that's probably but we, we did, yeah it was, it was extraordinary, and yet we drew totally opposite conclusions of what was right and what was uh less than ideal, and so it's like, huh, you know um we seem to be stuck here, and um you know, I think this is a spiritual issue. Um, and so I said, well, we should probably find a third party to mediate. And I nominated you and David agreed and turned out he was free today at seven. So here we are, or will be shortly.
1: Is is David here yet? No, he had to finish up a meeting. So he said
2: it'll be a little late. I thought we could just pray okay. beforehand and.
1: It sounds good. <sighs> some, I'd be interested in hearing what, what your conclusion was. And then what you understand his conclusion to be, as it is opposite, and yeah, you know I want to hear more about that. What what your position is, what his position is.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I figure it's easier if I can do that when he's here, so that he hears what I'm saying, lest I uh, confuse the issue and him have to spend time unconfusing it. Uh, the other thing is just for the record I mean this is just this' way to the same questions of leadership that we have been talking about and have been somewhat controversial and you know I, I realize I should have totally read your comments, but I totally forgot about them, and so I don't even know your thoughts on that uh topic, but maybe that's just as well because that we were coming in here fresh, and I'm not assuming anything from you or for you um,
1: That's fine. But and also- if you ever want to call me back about it, too, and talk again at another time or something.
2: Um, yeah, possibly. Or I may save it for next week, depending on what happens between now and then. I told my wife I'm trying to cut down the number of phone calls so far. That's not happening, but we'll see. Um, but the, the interesting thing was, was like I feel like, maybe not at an intellectual level, but at a spiritual level, this is um, the same issue that I think was... Uh, at the root of my conflict with Steve, and Steve has not yet really been in a place where he can talk through that with me. And so the fact that David, I talked through some similar issues with Ted, which was helpful, Um, but I do think that this is something that there may be a spiritual dimension to this that we just need to pray through in order to gain clarity and ideally a breakthrough. Yeah.
1: um, I could probably give you more insight, or at least my my own opinion about what is going on. Um, I'm I'm happy to share it at this point. Yeah,
2: I'd love it. to hear awesome. it, but yeah, I I, really, I definitely want to kind of keep the the playing field level until David gets here.
1: Yeah, I know, but um, uh, just just for for the record, um, I'm seeing real positive growth in this group. Um. Mm. That, yes, absolutely. David might not agree with me with this because I don't think he knows what to look for yet. But but the, the we're actually doing discipleship even when we can't define it, which I think is absolutely fabulous. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, the way I look
2: at yeah, the way I look at it, it. it's all data and some of us are learning from it, uh perhaps more than others are, and you know, this is kind of the next level of, okay, how do we um, understand what we're doing so that we can all get on the same page and do this less ha- less haphazardly? But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, the thing I'm so excited about this whole season is that it is intensely relational. and
1: That's where you want to get it. That's where we
2: yeah, want to get it. Yeah, and so we we discovered how to surface and confront and even talk about real problems uh now the uh the the miracle we need is to actually resolve some of them in a way that people can feel everyone can feel like we're making progress so
1: yeah and the other thing is I, i i don't hear that much from i mean eric contributes some ted contributes quite a bit uh david haas hasn't contributed robbie you know much and Robbie doesn't. I like to get some of these quieter guys. I want to know how to how to hear what they think too, um, without forcing them to contribute. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean exactly. Anyway, yep, fact, uh... um, I hope David sticks it through. If he even if he disagrees with you, um, but he is probably going to take a different position on this. I he does not understand constructivism at all yeah
0: yeah you yeah,
2: yeah, it's a funny thing because I mean Steve, of course, understands constructivism even better than I do, and yet he seems to have similar issues with my position, so there's something interesting going on there
1: that exactly um, really, really uh, good that, where that... it's good for Steve to work this through um and uh and 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 I'm happy to um uh, help with 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 David, however. However, he, um, you know, and, and okay, I want to support David. However, he needs my support. I'm there for him.
2: Yeah. You and too. My, my, my point was, yeah, my point was just, I think that there's more going on here than just constructivism. And I, I, I suspect it's it. not even yeah. an intellectual thing at all is my current thinking. But anyway, let's just pray. God, I just thank you so much for Janet and for the great reset and the fact that we had nine people. Uh, showing up the last couple of weeks, um, even when there's all this confusion about what it is we're doing and why we're doing it, whether are making progress, the fact that people are here and relating and engaging is just such a blessing to me. Uh, and the fact that David has been so uh, thoughtful and engaged with me and stepping outside his comfort zone uh, is just extraordinary. Um, and Lord, I feel like we've hit this wall and I feel like you exactly planned for us to hit this exact wall at this time and to even have this slot with Janet to, to help support us in this situation. And I have no idea uh, what is going to happen or even what needs to happen, um, but I just totally commit myself into your hands and with David and Janet and this time. And Lord, I just wanna receive whatever you wanna teach us and show us through this time. Uh, I've been wrong in most of the things that I thought were going to happen, but I've seen you working through all of it. And that's what matters to me. I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I just want to see you work. I want to see your kingdom spread. I want to see the body of Christ empowered to new levels of holiness and unity. And I feel like this is a part of that. And um, I just pray that I myself would learn all the lessons that you want me to learn from this evening. Uh, I pray that you would bless David in the ways he needs to be blessed to help him move forward in loving more like Jesus. And I just pray a blessing on Janet on her hospitality and that this would also be a a blessing and an encouragement to her and that she might learn some new things or be able to apply the things that she has learned and that we would really be the body of Christ. uh, Lord Jesus,
1: I'm praying this all the way along with, with, Ernie uh, because because everything that he says is exactly what I'm asking also of you to do for, for for me to open up my to open up my mind, open up my heart, help help me to understand and and exercise discernment as you've provided and uh, I support and uh, uphold these these two great men. Both David and Ernie, just that that are sons of you that, that want to be close to you. We're working, you know, taking risks, you know, being honest, being vulnerable, and learning more about how to love just like you in both these individual conversations as well as working through what's going on in this group. Make us wise, God and work with us and help us to love and understand each other.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: Oops, I'm 15. I didn't say exactly what he just said a bit late. So um, I can give you some of the backstory of my phone calls with David, if okay. that's helpful.
0: Yeah. And
2: uh, give you a second, because I don't expect anyone to listen through them. They were really, really long. Um, And why didn't. So the conversation started when we did our um, apples of gold dialogue, truthful dialogue thing. And it was not very conclusive or even all that informative, except that. I think Ted said, why don't the two of you talk together? And I said, I'd love to talk. And and David said, why haven't you asked me to talk? And I said, I've asked you multiple times. What happened? And so um, whether it was uh, whatever thing was, like I I thought I'd sent him texts or whatever, maybe maybe I had the wrong email or the wrong phone numbers or whatever. Anyway, so we started talking, and um, David expressed great concerns about the way I was leading the group or failing to lead the group. And I said, well, you know, I have lots to learn, definitely open to input, or whatever. But his primary concern, and this is probably getting into the meat of the topic, but I guess I'm fill the time somehow, so was wanting to make sure that everyone was heard. And that's been a common refrain and a value of his. Um, and I said, well, you know, um, and in particular, his concern was that, you know, Steve, you know, made a bunch of statements, and then kind of disappeared, and we never really talked about it. And I said, well, you know, I I kind of argued with him and maybe tried to minimize it, uh, as I said, and like, you know, I don't think he's really disappeared. He's still showing up on the chat and whatever. But you made the case that, you know, and, you know, David Huffman has also expressed similar concerns to me, which I also didn't take very seriously. So I was, um, you know, I felt rebuked by that justly. And I said, okay, you're right, Uh, we need to talk about this. Uh, I just don't know how to talk about this without Steve present. And I wanted to give him some time to try and get there. And um, so David was, well, well, this is important and it's not that hard and you do something like this. I said, okay, well then why don't you do it? And he hemmed and hawed for a bit, um, but um, I kind of uh, told him the point that uh, you know when Steve made his comments and then didn't, didn't want to follow up with a, a dialogue, uh, David said, "Well, you can't just dump on someone and then not follow through with them." And uh, when I put it to him that way, he acknowledged the validity of that. And I think it was at that time he said, you know, um, something along the lines of, uh, you know, I've been kind of watching this uh, like TV for entertainment. Uh, and acknowledge that, you know, and that now he was definitely sort of stepping in the ring and and taking on some risk and some responsibility, which I which I deeply appreciated. And so he did that for um, the session. And, of course, Steve did show up, so that avoided the, uh, the extremely awkward situation that most of us were worried about. Uh, interestingly, uh, just as a fun side note, is that he... Um, wanted to make sure actually this is another important point i think he wanted to make sure that everyone was on board with him doing this and because ted was not there he wanted to make sure he talked to ted and that was his one condition okay i'm willing to lead as long as i get to spend an hour talking to ted and he talked to him the hour before the meeting and they got along famously um and steve came up and you know we had that conversation uh which i think overall was that might very be very healthy and constructive
0: you want to check that. Oh, I don't know who this is. Oh,
1: just a second. Hello. Uh, I thought I might have known that number. I don't think I do. I don't know. I hate all these phone numbers phone calls that come in that are. <sighs>
2: yeah, it has been a sad development in the last couple of years, the, the spam phone messages yeah. from local members. Um, so, in,
1: your, your okay. thoughts. Back to your thoughts.
2: Yeah, so that was the first round. And then the second conversation,
1: um, you know, I felt like we
2: made, um, we were able to identify a lot of areas where we had common ground in that we we agree that uh, loving more like Jesus is the most important goal. We agree that um, there isn't a great answer for how to do that. And that if we could do that, that would be really important. Uh, We agreed that you need to do something which is a combination of revelation, reason, and experience rather than just doing a purely naturalistic scientific experiment or a purely theological, logical argument. You need to actually try things out. And so, um, and this is uh, kind of amusing. I'm not sure how directly relevant it is, but one of the things I shared with David is that I've been, in, you know, Christian my whole life, been in many different wonderful organizations. But one of the things that I've experienced is that I've been in organizations run by really godly Christian men, um, and then something would happen where. Um, they would get triggered and like, I couldn't talk to them. And this has happened multiple times and it was just really weirding me out. um, What was going on? And, you know, I was able to work through the relationship in the last couple, um, but uh, not really to the level of quite understanding exactly what and why was happening. And so that was one of the things that I really wanted to try to figure out was um what is it in our structures or our training or the way we as men um I haven't had this happen with women um I guess I've had it happen with women as well but different contexts um anyway uh what was going on the funny part was I said well you know uh David was like not sure he could trust me and I said well that's fine I'll trust you you know I want you to go up there and show me um and he said um I'm confused Ernie because you just said that, you know, you've had all these bad experiences with good Christian men. I, you know, uh, so I don't see why you can trust me. I said, David, it's easy because you're not a good Christian man.
0: Well, that's good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you appreciated it in the sense that, like,
0: yeah.
2: I don't feel like he's trying to live up to some ideal or, um, you know, hold on to some reputation or status. And, and I know that's not easy uh to to try to be authentic and to uh follow through on that and so I really do respect him for that um the um so anyway that was the the second conversation and today was our third conversation which was basically kind of uh, debriefing what happened yesterday and realizing that we had very different interpretations of that uh which I think tied Uh, deeply into our um, visions of leadership. Um, So that's kind of the relational background to give you some context.
1: I have a question for you. Sure. With all the the feedback that you're getting and exploring with each of the guys, what are they all saying kind of conclusively is there any theme that you're hearing about whatever is wrong with this particular group and why they might not want to stay um
2: oddly enough, people have not said like oh we don't want to stay um i mean I, you know i've been asking like since season one like what are people getting out of this group and why are you still here and i've uh Not really gotten good answers to that. Um, Certainly with season five, there's the DBS piece of it, which Eric and Robbie are very intrigued by. Although, you know, kudos to Robbie, who's actually interested in the relational stuff as well, uh, even though uh, he's been here uh, through all that, which has been very good. Um, I think that the general sense, which I share to some extent, is that... um, there isn't a very clear sense of what it is we're trying to accomplish. And therefore, it's not easy to measure progress. And one thing I've noticed, you know, I've been in other Christian groups where I've made the same complaint. Um, and uh, they were mostly, like, there's a group my wife goes to. And it's like, you know, it's fun, and the spirit is there, but I feel like every time it's the same time, there's no sense of progress. And I told the leader was, this is kind of badges, or like a ladder or something so we could feel there was a sense of progress. Uh, I think that might make it more interesting to men because uh, so I don't know if that's, how much of that's a guy thing or not. Um, now, I personally, while I um, am frustrated with the lack of definition and, and clarity at lo- some levels, I feel like, uh, like you, I'm seeing lots of relational growth. Like I feel like our culture is developing, even if our understanding is not.
1: Yes, yes, that's yeah. exactly what's happening. Uh, uh, but it's also a painful process, and it also is a confusing and messy process. And the guys who aren't used to relating in this way, I, I think Steve is not used to relating in this way, um, uh, and uh, or David or Bill. And I don't know the others as well, so I don't know where they're at. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very, very difficult process for I, as I would single out each of those three guys specifically in the group, um, and 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 so it's a fabulous thing that they're that, that they're involved with this. It is really, really wonderful. Um, it's going to be hard, I think, to get their buy in on it, though. About this. Book. Yeah,
2: I mean, it depends on, depends on what it is, of course. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um... it being whatever we end up doing that's relational because we don't really have a definition. We were trying to define, uh, from what I understand, we were somehow trying to define discipleship. But for me, that actually is a struggling point because I don't try to define discipleship. I actually don't want to or need to because I do it in my own mind what discipleship experience is for me, which is which is how I know the Lord. I I bring others into that. They get to know me, they get to know my Jesus and they come away with knowing Jesus better. I mean it just yeah, which is, that's just it. Which is
2: great. I think yeah, I'm i actually have two minds about definitions. On the one hand, I tend to say, like, you know, words are mostly useless. What matters is relationships and experiences and being able to, um, you know, interact in the right ways. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other hand, what I do find useful about definitions and even philosophy sometimes is that we all have implicit assumptions we make about things. And even if they're mostly right, they're usually also subtly wrong. And so, being forced to externalize what we think and believe and compare that is a really useful tool for getting better at something
1: yes, and and Steve would fall in with that um, because decide because because the definition becomes a tool for clarification. So I don't mean to throw it all all the way out, but but, um. I but but what happens for me in the in the group that's that's that I was struggling with in the very beginning was um I was approaching this group as if I was a follower and not necessarily an equal leader and mm. and I didn't really realize I was doing that until probably just recently but I was listening to you say for instance janet okay you're on on the podium for next week um and you get to share your passion and in my mind ernie was defining for me what sharing my passion was going to look like in the group and i was just going to fall in with it and then i then whatever i thought it was that you wanted from me didn't seem to be what it was that you wanted from me this is so my dysfunction because this all comes from having an autocratic father and i never really learned how to put my needs on the table that well
0: mm. so i tie
1: into that and i be, and i'm and i'm an automatic follower and i'm waiting for somebody to define for me what my contribution is supposed to be and if it feels like a definition already i can fall in with it and be completely wrong because i'm reading the whole thing wrong and i don't think to question it maybe that's the point so there's a lot of that stuff that we each bring into a group like this and we have this this amazing freedom to to really explore that together with each other um, uh, so so in you know, in, in trying to guess how I'm supposed to be sharing this this uh this passion of mine with the apples of gold, that really was the ultimate challenge because I didn't I just didn't have enough of it developed to be able to say this is actually something I'm doing, rather than I thought it was supposed to be like me sharing a dream, you know, and then suddenly you guys are wanting to do it at an advanced level and I'm going, This is gonna be crazy because i i cannot can i can't even begin to communicate the level of skills you need to do it at the pace and at the advanced level you guys were you know like needing the work and so anyway what an experience um it's given me permission to come at it with my own creative idea and say yeah you know, or or question or find out. Hey, all of you guys, what do you want? And or and this is what I want. I mean, there's a lot more equality going on. Anyway, I'm done rambling, but I think you're getting my point, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, a anyway. text
2: to David to make sure that uh, yeah, that he he's a little <laughs> late. He didn't mean like nine o'clock or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: We each come at this through our own personal lens that uh, that our background feeds into it as well as our convictions. Um, but we will gel together more as a group as we each get to know each other a little bit better and we get better at confronting each other too.
2: Yeah, I had an interesting thought. I wonder if, and, and this is unrealistic, but it's still an intriguing idea. If you were more self-confident in your understanding of, you know, what you wanted to teach people, and what they could learn, if you would have felt more comfortable not having all the background and the time to explain all these things to us,
1: uh, possibly. But hello, yeah, possibly. So hey, David. Yes, I'm sorry, my meeting ran
0: long. So hi, David. Hi, Janet. Uh, Thank you for letting me crash. Yeah. So I'm
3: sorry to to interrupt for whatever you were saying.
0: No, we were. I was.
2: Yeah, we were just chatting a bit about the apples of gold. Uh, I gave her some background on our phone calls and our conversations. Not so much the topic that we were Focusing on today, but just some of the general background of what we'd said, so she has some idea of what we've been uh, engaging in. Uh, Do you want me to summarize where I think we're at? Uh, Sure. Okay. So, from my perspective, uh, the fundamental issue, uh, I think you summarized it really well today, was that I'm not doing certain things uh, that David. uh, Thinks leaders should do and I acknowledge the truth of that statement and I'm arguing that I'm trying to develop an alternate leadership style uh, and I'm going to get some of it wrong but I still think that that's a worthy thing to do and David's um, and and I was kind sort of framing it as like there's certain issues that I know are important but I'm not sure how to deal with them and David said oh easy. Uh, you just do X Y and Z I said okay show me And to his credit, David did uh, in moderating last week and then with slight prodding to moderate again this week. And what's interesting, uh, and I deeply appreciate him doing that and stepping up and taking on that risk and dealing with things, but an interesting pattern emerged is I saw David doing things that I found troubling, that felt um, not uh, the kind of thing that I would want uh, so, would want leaders to do, frankly. And so this became a really interesting test case because when I saw what David did, I looked at and said, ah, that proves my point. This is the thing that I was afraid I would do if I was in charge, and those are the things I'm very much trying to avoid, and therefore uh, I feel like the example he gave me was something that I don't want to follow and that I'm actually trying to do something different. Uh, David, I think, claims, uh, as best I understand it, that, you know, he did um, exactly what he set out to do and he handled things as best as they could reasonably be handled and did not see any, and some of the things where I said he could handle differently, he didn't think that would have offered any benefit whatsoever. And so... you know the tactical issue is that well, you know I'm not comfortable with his style of moderating, uh which means that our short term experiment uh has ended uh but it also seems to imply that the lesson he was trying to teach me backfired, and so we feel and the things I try to point out to him that I think he should have learned from it he doesn't think are valid, and so we were kind of stuck, and that's why I suggested we talk to you uh the only other point was that i thought is that from my perspective. I felt like this was a spiritual issue. I used the word sin originally. He very graciously objected to that and allowed me to modify that to a spiritual issue. Um since the point was that I feel like this is not something we can argue out or empirically verify. We need something else. And so that's what brought us here. Anything you want to say with that, David? I
3: I thought that was a really good summary. Thank you. Thank you
2: you're
0: welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Any okay. initial questions, Janet?
1: Well, uh, no, but you you you've given me a lot to think about. Um, um, I would like to know a little bit more about the about what, um what you each what what? uh okay just bear with me i have get so many thoughts going through my head at the same time <laughs> I can't choose they one to take notes. and they all go in inside of my head they don't come out of my mouth until they're all lined up in a in a row it's kind of weird but anyway that's the way it is so
3: right, take, your, take your time take your time i mean like this is complicated and we're throwing a lot at you
1: yeah well that was a lot to think about so, um David. Yeah, we're basically, in we're your we are opinion, depending on you to
3: fix everything, by the way. We are totally this is on you. You need to fix us, you need to fix the great reset. Everything is now on your shoulders, Janet. I hope you're prepared. <laughs>
1: um of course. Of course. <laughs> oh fantastic. Um I was just talking to so, her about increasing uh, her self confidence
2: before you came in, so here we go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so anyway what I need to know is is um, David what do you think you're doing that's, that's the right way to be doing something or you know what is it and, and then Ernie what do you think that you're doing that's the right way and then what is the conflict
0: so um
3: my my goal has been focused on getting the problems that people have and um uh, the concerns that they that they, they they have and to to say them out loud, whatever whatever it is they're holding it back, I want them to to get it out to get sort of that discussion going, in the hope that through everyone speaking up, that we could come to a better place. And if I see someone holding back or noticeably holding back, um, I don't want to move forward. I don't want the group to move forward. I don't want the discussion to move forward. I want to fix that first. Uh, and I think this is especially true when it comes to criticism of the leadership and leadership decisions and and that sort of thing. I think it's especially important that you you stop things then. Um, and that's that's where I've been focused. And that's what I that's what I did with you know, Steve, and that's what I was doing this week with Bill. Um and that's what I think Ernie doesn't do.
1: Okay. And Ernie, what are you doing? Um you know, what are you doing right in your opinion? Are we, are you thinking or are you there?
2: Sorry, oh, sorry, I'm muted. Okay, Okay. I thought you were just standing in all of my words rather than actually not hearing anything. Okay, let me try that again. So, <laughs> okay. oh, it was really good what I said before, what was it? Oh yeah, um, that um, I wouldn't say that I'm doing anything right but there are certain things that I am pursuing that I believe are the most important things to pursue. And, I am willing to sacrifice other things in order to pursue them. And one of the things that I believe that guides my behavior is that the most important obstacle to God's kingdom coming on earth around me is my sin. It doesn't mean that I'm the only source of problem. It means that if I want the world to get better, I need God's grace and love to flow through me to help other people. And that means I need to be absolutely ruthless in discovering, naming, and dealing with my sin, anything that keeps me from loving like Jesus. As a consequence, um, I uh, have a policy, which I agree is, is suboptimal of, Avoiding taking actions that, um, for lack of a better word, um, would trouble my soul. And so, I—it's um, it, this really weird combination of I have enormous hubris to the point of megalomania, and yet I see often seem bizarrely hesitant in how I carry out or enforce my decisions. And it's a really weird place to be in, and I, I agree that I'm doing it badly, but I believe it's an important thing to do. Um, and so the specific scenario here that I think was the, 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 the points of conflict um, is that at a high level, I agree with David's uh, vision and values. I believe it's important that everyone have a chance to speak I believe it's important that criticism of the leadership is taken extremely seriously. Those were the three practices I wrote about in my essay. Um, And I think that those practices are um, powerful. Um, I think they are unusual. And I think they are uh, dangerous, right? Because they're very hard to get right. And if you uh, manage them badly, everything falls apart. and so, you know, I've been living with the Great Reset on this knife edge for quite some time and very much appreciated David's offers of assistance in this regard. Um, the specific uh, incidents that troubled me were that when uh, Steve uh, was making his confession a week ago, uh, and, you know, apologize, David cut him off and very much you know, wanted it out there. And, you know, I felt like there was a a skewed weighting of things from his perspective in that I thought the goal was to let everyone share and hear what everyone's feeling. But I think uh, Dave clarified that actually, no, his goal was to make sure that Steve's criticism of me was given full weight and the rest of it was uh, less important. And so that was a surprise to me, because that was not what I thought the goal was. Um, and then um similarly uh today when Bill shared some of his concerns and frustrations, I think um David described it as and let him give his version, I guess, but you know, that he was really felt like he was helping Bill be seen. Uh but it felt to me like Bill was making David uncomfortable and had made David uncomfortable. And David was using his position as moderator to call out Bill uh, to address that discomfort. And I did not, and and, and so, and I'll totally own this, right? So my, one thing that Ted and I talk about is when we have a issue important to us, we tend to see everything through that lens. Okay, so for me, the reason I am hypersensitive to this is that the very issue I'm concerned about is that if a leader has power, they can use that power to um, justify their own uh, biases and perspectives. And I saw what uh, Dave doing as problematic and he uh, conceded that he did those things um, but he felt that they were um, um, legitimate and that there was no real room for improvement there. Uh, there was no issue of likeness to be considered in there. And that was uh, surprising to me uh, because I re- view the world very differently. Okay. Um,
1: that was really clear to me, Ernie, but there there's a lot of content in there to, to track. But that's OK. Uh, that That's OK. Um, because what I want to have happen now um, is for David, for you to summarize as best you can the main points of what you heard Ernie just say.
3: Oh, man. Uh, I didn't know this was going to be a test um
1: i am curious as to know what you took in of that that he just said just now uh it's not a test yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: uh I, I was I was only really joking um okay.
0: Okay.
3: trying to put it in my own words um, so I would say. I think Ernie was trying to tell me that um, he's concerned that um, my that I I did not accept um, Steve's um, apology for um, or I'm sorry what I rejected I think it was it was uh, when he was he was tr- he was saying that he was sorry for for speaking out and not so much for the tone, but for actually doing it. And I I rejected that apology. And I sort of stopped him from continuing in that apology, sort of censored that. And um, I think Ernie didn't like that because uh, he thinks I uh, I should be encouraging everyone to speak and to share everything. And that sort of went against that idea. I, I was sort of stopping certain things. And he does not agree with me that I should have stopped that thing in particular um and with bill um i in Bill's case, I think he's not happy that i was um bill bill didn't really want to open up, and I asked him, but I did more than that i I sort of badgered him, I kept sort of pushing into it, and i I clearly didn't respect Bill's wishes to sort of um remain silent or to find another time or situation to speak i was sort of pushing him into this and i think ernie is concerned that i was doing that out of um not not such a de- i I'm, I'm worried he's he's worried that i didn't do it out of a, a desire to to love like i oh, he, he, I'm, no, I'm sorry i'm sorry let me try again uh it wasn't loving like christ to do that that it it's it, he might have come from a place of um, self-satisfaction, maybe in sort of finding peace for myself or achieving something for myself, as opposed to loving Bill and the group. I think I think those are his concerns.
1: Is is that is is David's... I think that's substantially correct. Uh, you know, I thought that was
2: really good. The one point with. Um, uh, just to compare, like my thought about the purpose of of session last week with Steve coming and sharing and people being able to respond to that, I thought that the purpose was primarily to bring emotional healing to the group because of closure, because of the stuff that hadn't been talked about, and the fact that Steve was absent. And so, um, the action seemed—so, um, yeah. the. Um, so it was not so much about Steve talking about censorship, it was just a, it seemed like we have a different, uh, either a different understanding of the purpose of what his role is as moderator, or a very different understanding of which actions are effective for achieving that purpose. But overall, I think he basically got the point that I was trying to make.
1: Yeah, and and um, my take on on that whole thing is that whoever does moderating, whether it's David or me or Ted or anybody else, um, none of us—that's a—that's a very difficult job, and none of us are going to be able to do it that perfectly. Um, so, so, so I mean, you know, even even you, you know, you bring in your. Um, you bring in your own um um you know methods and way of doing it you know lens is maybe another word um and then uh
0: and
2: uh, yeah so just to, just just so we're clear what the point is that um i mean i'm the first person who's been on perfect i am the thing that surprised me was that um so I agree we all make mistakes, and we all have biases that distort our thinking, and that uh the goal is to um understand them, acknowledge them, improve on them, and that's what we need each other to help with. The thing that surprised me was not that those things happened; it was then when I raised them with David, he graciously acknowledged that they existed that he did all those things, uh but then did not just seem to see that there was any problem or anything that he needed to improve on That was where. I was um, nonplussed. I guess is the word. I don't even know what that means, but that seems like the right word. Okay.
3: I, I I don't think it's a fair characterization. I think that there was plenty to be approved on. I I rejected your suggestions for alternatives. And
2: okay, but I, I, I did, said... did, did, okay, did, did, so okay, so oh, sorry. So maybe maybe I misunderstood you, and that, this was just a misunderstanding. My sense was that I did not think that was the best way to handle that. And I think it's important and necessary to find a better way to do that.
1: And and uh, David, what were Ernie's alternatives that were not satisfactory
0: in your mind? uh Well, I mean like, uh, uh,
3: give me one second, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry about that
0: uh so uh the
3: first thing i think that he um suggested as an alternative was uh to let steve talk and state the reasons he had for censoring himself and to uh, permit that
2: sorry
3: steve, or uh, bill? steve uh bill didn't give reasons for censoring himself we're talking about last i'm talking about last week there okay, were the two so points oh, sorry the
2: first one was completely sorry uh, there's just a point of confusion here that uh, we can resolve. So, Steve made his statement and he was done. And then at the end of that, before anyone else spoke, you spoke first and rejected his apology rather than anyone in the group getting to say, oh, thank you, Steve. Of course, we forgive you. That was my point. Yes. Not that Steve cut himself off, but that when Steve stopped talking before anyone could respond to him, you. uh, cut
3: that off yes i cut, cut off, off the, the, the i i not i didn't cut off steve i cut off the the censorship talk
2: sorry this, this is forgiveness talk
1: uh, here's something else that's going on here um okay. moderator or not uh david is going to have his own emotional reactions as well as all of us were and and um I guess it carries a little bit more weight if he's if if David is moderating. But um when David cut Steve off, I was saying, Yay, David, myself. I thought that was something that actually needed to happen. Um for Steve's sake, and it has to do with me, it ha- I mean in my making that choice and really supportive of David actually doing that in that moment, is how well i know steve i know the back i i have a backstory experience with steve and and um i was i thought that was fabulous it was something that steve needed to hear i supported steve even being a little shocked by that um and and uh and it came out of my backstory
0: with Steve, um, so, i I feel like you be are really well.
1: before we go too far though mm-hmm. you were characterizing
2: that as an emotional reaction, but my understanding is that Dave did not thought when I heard talk to Dave, I did not i got the impression he considered that a calculated decision
0: yeah and and it could be Dave, I don't did think just
2: clarify that... which of those is correct just we sort of talking about the oh, same okay. thing
3: I Okay. I it, it was not just pure emotion. Certainly not. That was not a knee jerk reaction. I, uh, like in, in this conversation here, like when you hear me pause for any amount of time, that's me sort of evaluating what I'm going to say as best I can on the fly. So uh, in that sense, it wasn't just an emotional knee jerk reaction. It was, um, it was thought thought out before I acted. But at the same time, it was also authentic. I really, you know, it yeah. was. So it wasn't it was
2: intentional.
3: To... Yes. yes, it was intentional.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, hope it... I just wanted to make sure we're clear on that, that point. There, I don't know if that changes your admiration for what he did, but I just wanted to not uh, be misunderstood on that point.
1: Well, the, my my point is that that it's helpful to analyze these things, but I at the same point as far as that conversation went in the group i don't regret any of it as messy as it was as imperfect as it was um and each of us have our own way or may of participating or jumping to something that, that could be interpreted as judgmental or whatever but overall you know as a conversation it it was a it was a It was a good process. So this was good, but you know, I mean. But Janet, I'm feeling unheard. You're feeling unheard.
0: Yes.
2: Uh, So can I speak into that?
1: Yeah, you can speak to that.
2: Okay, so I am not trying to critique criticize what happened. I am. I thought it was, I thought overall, uh, David did a fantastic job moderating. I had two quibbles uh, that confused me. Um, but I, uh, I'm very grateful for the process, very grateful for David doing through the process. And the statement you made made it sound to me like you thought I was uh, dismissing the process or yeah. devaluing it. Whereas no. what I, yeah. Okay, so that's where that's why I was feeling unheard. So maybe okay. you can clarify for me.
1: Okay. Um. So.
0: Uh,
1: uh. Well, I believe you that you're not that that you are uh, not dismissing the process. I just don't, and I don't really know how to summarize it in a way, but. Um, I Wait, can I ask
3: no. for clarification? Uh, can, when you when you say process, I I I I don't know what you mean, and I'm interjecting here. I just want clarification if you want to oh, say yeah, both
2: So I feel like from what Janet said, the fact that she was asserting certain things made me feel like she, she felt I was speaking against them, and you know, so I felt like so. I'm really glad this thing happened. Overall, I thought it went incredibly well. That said, there were a couple of points that caused me concern. Um, And so that's why I felt like, in the spirit of what we're trying to do here as a group, that um, I uh, wanted to raise uh, the causes of my concern in order to help us identify where we could do better next time. Okay. Or conversely, it's like, oh, actually, no, those were not errors. Those are, in fact, the whole point of doing this, to be able to do things like this. Then that creates a second level of concern, which is that, okay, you have a different vision of what goal we are shooting towards that you're going to optimize for uh, that I have, and that's a concern.
0: Uh,
3: I mean, it is that is sort of the case, isn't it? Um,
2: that's why I think someone i mean, sure so, Janet has accepted that yet.
3: Uh, okay, so we're, uh, uh, in this case, like, we're speaking uh, specifically about what happened with Steve here, right?
2: Um, so the point there was a minor concern in itself, but then if it's actually a signal, a, a sign that you and I have widely divergent views about something important, then that takes on another level of significance.
3: I mean, yeah, generally, okay. we we have different views,
2: though, don't we? Well, I I know that, and you know that, but I'm not sure Janet knows that yet.
1: No, uh, well, yeah, I I know you both have different views on things, and I have a, a feel for what they what the different views are. Um. And Ernie, I'm glad you told me that you have a you you have a con, you, like you're not feeling heard um i don't know what to say about all this to tell you the truth um because um because i i i mean how can you both be right but you i, I think i don't know what i want to say about any of this that's why it's so darn messy <laughs> <laughs> Um the, it's, the, the, the most we could expect of you is I'm that you're okay able with, to yeah.
2: Yeah, is that you're able to summarize what you hear each of us saying in a way that both of us feel heard. Okay. I think I think that would be a good objective for this call.
3: Okay. Um uh, let me let me that's... try to cut a, cut a, a point here then. Um we disagree on, and, and maybe Janet, you could help us sort of figure out where the where the underlying thing is.
0: Okay. Um,
3: if if somebody came to the group and said, um, I I I want to drink lots of alcohol and get really really drunk and then go driving, and I I said, Ah, what are you talking about? That's dangerous to you and dangerous to other people. That's really bad. You shouldn't do that um and i try to stop anyone from having any sort of talk using my my power as moderator and actually exerting influence and very intentionally doing this exerting influence to sort of cut off any discussion in support of this um exerting that uh in order to uh just you know not allow that sort of uh propagation of self-harmful behavior to continue i think that is the right thing to. i think that was the right thing to do i think uh it was good and uh, i think and i'm saying i think something like that happened with steve that he was suggesting something that i consider self-harmful and i was attacking it and using authority and power that i had to do so and i think ernie would object to my analogy that there's a difference there. And I'm not sure where he might object to it or where the problem oh, is. And
2: I'll make it easier for you, David. I'll object to your first premise. Okay. I would say, I would uh, say you know, hey, because, I, I, I mean, I, I would, because I'd say like, hey, this guy, why is he saying he wants to get drunk and drive his car? If he's saying that, clearly he's under enormous emotional pain. He's feeling incredibly self-destructive. And the last thing we need is to shut them down, and that is a difference in style, a difference in perspective. I can imagine some scenarios where your your version would work out way better than mine. I can also imagine scenarios where my style would work out way better than yours. But I I reject the premise that like that is clearly the only right way to respond. I
3: I I, I, I don't I don't deny that it's certainly not the only right way to respond. I I do think though that uh I think it's unlikely Steve had heard anyone suggest the alternative before. And So you're that, wrong. That...
0: Okay.
2: The very day that this happened, Steve sent me an apology for his outburst. And I wrote back saying, oh, no apology necessary. I'm glad you felt honest enough to share, safe enough to share what you felt honestly.
3: That's That's not what I said to him, though. That's not the same thing at all. Well, okay.
1: yeah, and, and now we're kind of getting off track about and and we're getting into the 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 who Weave. said who said what to whom. But Ernie, but woman, I, I do want to hear
2: David's point though.
1: Oh, you do. And okay. I, 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 I want to hear what this
2: distinction is because I think this is this is I suspect this might be significant. It may be a red herring, but it might actually
1: be something significant about his yeah, motivation yeah. that I'm not understanding. Let's go with this. Let's go with it. Yeah.
3: I I'm I'm saying that the, his his the statements were ones of censorship as in those were harmful to him so it's different from saying you don't need to apologize no harm no foul or it's okay or i'm not offended or nothing bad happened i'm saying specifically the thing you're doing is harmful it's harmful
0: to so, you and so, others.
2: So, okay so sorry okay i think this is actually a fundamental distinction um I can imagine that you have some secret knowledge of of Steve that I do not possess. That means he was doing harmful. But my default assumption is that, especially among Christians, to apologize and ask forgiveness when other people feel hurt, whether it's legitimate or not, is a good and healthy thing to do. Is that? So it sounds like you hold a hold a different view.
3: Yeah, I I think that there's things that if you that should not be apologized for and apologizing for them is harmful. Yes.
2: Okay. Interesting. Okay, well actually this this is probably a more significant uh rift than I realized.
1: Well um Ernie, I'm I'm hearing what I'm hearing you say is that you have concerns about David um having spoken in such a way that Steve could have felt cut off is was that part Actually, no. You?
2: That was that was that was not at all the case. The
1: case. Okay. My okay. But
0: my, I heard you use the
1: word "cut off," though. Right. But I, I, think off, I, can, I think I can
3: clarify. Cr- yes, I, I he worded it in a way that it was a little ambiguous. I interpreted that way too, Janet. I he may, I was cutting off the group from this topic of discussion. Not that I was cutting off Steve. Steve finished. I cut off the group though.
1: Okay, you were cutting off the, is that true? You thought that he was, that David was cutting off the group from discussion?
2: Yeah, yeah, and and he was, right? uh, So, and this is fascinating because this is exactly the thing that is important to me and it's really good to kind of flesh out that we have this fundamental difference, right? So my, the question I keep asking myself, how does the body of Christ grow up? And I believe that confession and repentance are some of the foundational skills of being part of the body of Christ. And that, therefore, while we should be very careful about demanding it of people, because uh, that can turn into an unhealthy power play, I actually think it's incredibly healthy for a group, for people to say, Wow, this thing happened. You were hurt. I really apologize for that. And I'm sorry that I hurt you. Because that pain matters, and you know there's these things I did which I realized caused you pain and I want your forgiveness and I feel like you know the group arguably should have said and probably would have said, "Well, of course, Steve, we forgive you, um, or there's
1: nothing to forgive for people who didn't hurt, but the people who were hurt and I felt like that if well, been but, able to process was that, that here here's the missing the missing question in in all of that um. So, Steve was assuming for us that there were others, that there were people who were hurt. Um, David was assuming there were not. Yeah, so two assumptions were going on.
3: I did not assume that.
1: Oh, well. Oh, you just didn't care. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, it just was not the highest priority. Steve. Okay, what was the highest priority?
0: Uh, I
3: think the Holy Spirit was speaking through Steve, and I I think that it needed to come out. It was more important oh, wait. to me Holy that the Holy Spirit
2: this... was speaking through Steve, and therefore you contradicted him.
3: No, no, no. Before, when when he when he challenged you before, I I think that ah. was the Holy Spirit speaking through him. And it's more important really? to me that when when the Holy Spirit speaks through us that that comes out, then then people's feelings not get hurt in the process. I don't want people's feelings to get hurt. And if I could not okay, let that but, happen,
2: so, I would. So, so here's the, but the right, but, okay, but, okay, so let's, let's, let's break this down then. Okay, I wish you had mentioned this beforehand, by the way, because if I you understood totally what he was saying. I all of these things. And, it, and me, that that Steve was, you, okay, so if you, that you, so why don't you just tell me directly, because I don't think we've ever had this conversation. What do you, well, you did think that, actually, you, you told me that what Steve thought was not what you thought or that the reason why, right? Is that you said that you agreed with Steve you agreed with Steve's criticism of my leadership. But you didn't think it was because of cowardice, you believed it was because of something else. You did I don't recall you saying that you believe it was the Holy Spirit who prompted uh Steve to rebuke me. Yes. And here's the thing that's weird. But you did believe it with the Holy Spirit from Steve rebuke me. Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. But That's
3: you didn't believe I sin.
2: But you didn't think it was a sin? Oh,
3: I, I I don't know what the sin is. I can't name it. I oh, think I you sinned. I just don't know what it is.
2: Okay, so back up. So Okay, so earlier today you said you didn't think I was guilty of any sin. That's why I'm confused. Did I misinterpret what you said or was that just in a different context?
3: I I said that I there was nothing I could accuse you of. There was nothing I could point out. I also said that I think that sin was probably causing a lot of the things that we were talking about. And I think what Steve was doing was helping us get at that. But I didn't, okay, I'm so, not gonna name something that I don't know. I don't know what it is, and that's what I'm trying to get at. And I think Steve okay, was helping so let's, us get there.
2: I'm willing to like table this whole thing because I wanna know what sin I'm guilty of that I can repent of. And if you think I have something, then like tell me and help me figure I, it I, out, rather well, than telling the techniques of things I'm doing. Okay, so, so do you think the Holy Spirit likes to rebuke us and not tell us how to repent,
3: I I think that I I think that the Holy Spirit was driving this conversation somewhere.
0: And, and you were afraid maybe. that if
2: people acknowledge his apology and his forgiveness for the, pain, the stress he caused them, that it would undercut the severity of that message. Yes. And it had the opposite effect on me. Right? It confused me further. Because what I was hoping would happen is that he would apologize for the manner, the thing, the things that were stressing people out, the fact that you know, it was confusing the fact that he was gone for a month or whatever. And they would say, okay, it's good. Okay, and now let's talk about what Steve was actually upset about. That would have been wonderful. But right right now none of us still know.
0: Show me my sins or I can repent. That's all I'm asking. Is that an unreasonable request? Um, you know, I, this, this is tough because like the
3: thing I'm trying to tell you is that I, I think the feeling I get is that there's two problems here. I think one that you're not listening to people and two, you're not helping people to speak up. And so when you say that, like speak up, speak up about what they really think and feel. And so when you say, like, I really want to know what Steve's problem is, I'm like, you've had a lot of one-on-one conversations with him, and you're the leader of this group. It's on you. He's not, that you have he's to not had with. a
2: one-on-one conversation. So, Dave, I'm going to call you on that. Okay? okay. Steve and I had many one-on-one conversations. Uh, on the old iMessage thread, he started expressing discomfort with what I said. And I said, Steve, I feel like you're not happy about something. Can we talk? And I asked him a couple of times, he said, no, not right now. He said, no, not until I finish my paper on discipleship. And he acknowledged if you were listening, I don't know if you were even trying to listen, or if you really just wanted me to get my, uh, you know, rebuke in, I don't know what you were trying to get me to, to understand there. Um, he acknowledged that he, I tried multiple times to reach out to him to talk about it, but he wasn't ready to do so. so. I agree, there's probably something I could have done, but I honestly don't know what.
3: I I was trying to demonstrate how to do that differently.
2: So the the way, what you demonstrated to me, David, is you had already prejudged an outcome and you used your power to ensure that that outcome was the only one that anyone considered. That's what it sounds like to me, as opposed to being like, an honest broker to say, like, hey, why not let the group process it together?
3: The, the only outcome that I prejudged was it was better for Steve to get out whatever he needed to say. And, and I think he? that there would have he got more of it out.
2: No, he didn't. After that, he said almost nothing until I asked him to clarify what it was that he was ang- – it was the source of his anger, which was extremely helpful.
0: Um, um, so,
3: you, you uh, want to take credit for something that happened while I was moderating the conversation?
0: So, I think we can
2: share credit for that one, but it's not like I was trying to sabotage you or undercut you or squelch Steve. That's certainly true. That's certainly true. But I… Sorry, right. I'm I, a little I, emotional now. I want to let you it. I will try and breathe. Uh, yeah, I don't
3: know what to do, Janet. I'm. I help us.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Um.
1: I want to know. I, 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 I. don't understand. Too. I mean, I want to understand better the. Um. Uh, not what happened with Steve, but what you both think are your differences in leadership styles?
2: I think it's a difference in leadership philosophy. I really think it is. I think the example of the the drunk driver is an excellent one to illustrate the difference in philosophy. His point of view is like, there's something that is clearly wrong. And if they're wrong, you need to take, use your power to make sure that people don't do the wrong thing. And I agree that that is a valid and popular and effective leadership style. My leadership style is quite different. And my philosophy is that the most important thing is trying to help people own their own situation and that I myself am continually not using power to hide my own sins, imperfections, flaws and weaknesses.
1: Okay, wait a minute. Just, just hold on. That uh, you yourself. I want to be able to repeat this really well, Ernie. So say it again one more time, and then I'm going to say it after you, okay?
0: okay because I want to get my, this of my,
2: my My leadership philosophy. Yeah. And really, it's a philosophy on the use of power.
1: Well, say my just. Say what you just said, like, uh, your last two sentences of that chunk there. Yeah. Is that
2: my philosophy is that uh, the most important thing is to respect other people's autonomy. Okay. And to not use power in a way that confirms or hides my own biases and imperfections.
1: Do not use power that confirms or hides your own biases. See, I don't understand that. Okay. So here's the
2: easy thing. Um, when I um, am a parent
0: uh-huh.
2: and my kids have forgotten to do something, uh-huh.
0: um,
2: uh, and it's frustrating me, and and I say, you know, stupid kids, why are you, you know, why don't you do what you're supposed to do?
0: Uh-huh. Um,
2: It's easy to make them feel bad and own the shame and the failure of not having done that thing and of having made me angry, Um, as opposed to saying, wait a second here, did I clearly communicate to them? Do I understand their age and what level of reinforcement and clarity they need? Am I realizing that I'm angry at them because of the frustrating day I had at work and not because of their behavior and I need to take ownership of that?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: They're not in a position to be able to push back on that, Uh and because I have the authority and the power, I can blame them both for everything that went wrong and my own emotional reactions.
0: And you don't want to make that that
2: mistake? I am terrified of that. Okay. Because I have seen that done to me many times, and I've also seen myself do it several times. Okay. And to me, that is the opposite of being Christ-like.
1: Yes. So, so you are afraid of um, misusing your power, or I mean, not afraid of it, but you you value not mis- misusing your power and not jumping to false conclusions. Yeah,
2: I, I have a holy horror of power. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best the best way to describe it. Uh, that does not mean I'm not I'm unwilling to use it in certain, certain circumstances. And of course, with children, there's a whole bunch of trade offs you have to make. So I will use power when necessary, but I am terrified of it, and that is, in fact, the fundamental principle behind what I'm trying to do: is devolution
0: exactly. of power.
1: Exactly, which is ironic in a way because because uh, the the group was confronting you, and uh, or Steve's con- confrontation was about fix your power, fi- fix, <laughs> fix your, um, uh, uh, issues with authority, you know, and, and what all that, and what all that meant. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, and, and, um, you know, I can understand you're, you, you're having, um, issues with authority that is, that, that has been, Negative impressions about authority in in your life, and that's. And
2: let, me be, and let me be clear. I, you know, I think it's actually, as like I said, the term is actually probably mis, uh, uh, inappropriate in some ways. In that, uh, it's not like I resent authority, right? I, I I practice submission to authority on a regular basis within my family, uh-huh. you know, with, within my church, uh, with you know David moderating uh, at least the first time, even if I rebelled the second time. Um, and so the the real issue I have isn't even with, uh, and Ted and I have been working through a lot of this as well. It's not that I am resentful of authority and I don't mind other people exercising power in general because, you know, that's that's what they do. But, but like the whole point of this group is to try to acknowledge and avoid the corrupting nature of power. And therefore this is on point for us to work through.
1: I agree with you. I think that that the corrupting nature of power is something to work through and it and it is something and it is something to to confront. And, um, I don't, I, um, so you David, you hasn't, have- David
2: hasn't spoke for a while. Do you want to let him talk?
0: Yeah,
3: I don't have anything to say at the moment.
0: I like what you guys are doing. I want you to keep working through this. Okay, thank you.
1: Okay. um Anyway, so there are some issues that that you are saying that you, Ernie, that 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 you really really want to take a stand against, and that is authority where it's asserted in in a in a perceived way that it's um, damaging.
2: So it's not even that it's damaging, right? Uh, to others. I mean, the others. the the issue is, I mean, yes, that's one way of putting it. That's not necessarily the way I I would look at it. Uh, how um, would you look at it?
1: Help me. How okay. How would you fix that statement?
0: So. Or
1: add to, to that. To me, st- the
2: essence. To me, the essence of Christlikeness. Uh huh. Is that He was kenosis that he gave up his power and authority uh, to suffer for the sins of others. And what I really, um, and what what I believe is that the purpose of authority is God given to restrain evil, but because imperfect human beings wield it, we don't just use it to punish others for their sins, we use it to avoid having to face our own sins, uh-huh. and the um, and I acknowledge it's really hard to do things the other way around. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's really important, and more importantly, I think that the and I think it's it's it's, it's a it's a cleaner discussion if we focus on power. I think. Uh, because authority has a much wider range of meanings, and power is much simpler, is that when we use power to enforce what we think is right against what we think is wrong, I believe that puts us in a really dangerous position spiritually. I don't deny it's sometimes necessary, but I think it's incredibly dangerous. And it is disturbing to me when people say, well, if it, it, David, for example, to say, you know, hey, I realized that this was a dangerous thing I did, but I thought it was worth the risk because of this. It's like, okay, I was like, no, that was totally a fine thing to do. That's disturbing to me, and this is really helpful because it's going to articulate why. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so, um, a ab- a ab- about the uh. I really agree with you 100% about about authority, certain authorities being God-given, but then there's this misuse of authority um, that can be uh, very destructive because it becomes the accuser, um, the Satan, so to speak. Um, We use it in a bent and destructive way. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts these these things because he talks about the bentness of human nature, and and we do want to avoid that. So that's my paraphrase of what I just heard you say. Um, that we I think that's to, close enough. Yeah. Yeah, we want to we want to try to avoid the the corruption of of, of, of authority. So, so our power. If you could. If you I have a curiosity. The power. Yeah i have a curiosity to talk with you about which was actually what i was hoping we would talk about in in our tuesday meeting um which is you when you published your paper your paper ex, your paper explained your position however um well when i what i really want to know eventually ernie whenever you feel comfortable about getting this intimate with me about this is is i want to know um what per what really sets off your buttons as um like even in the here and now of of um what of uh why mm, um What's hurt okay? I want to know what's hurtful to you about authority. So, like I said, I actually have a problem with
2: authority, it's actually power that bothers me.
1: Okay, what what's hurtful to you about power and, and power? When, and when is it hurtful to you? And when does it really, really trip your trigger?
2: So, when David said, Well, I know I was right, I know God was speaking to Steve, and therefore any action. That I could use my power to further were legitimate. That tr- that triggers me.
3: I did not say that.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I inferred that. You would like you 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 you've been very silent. If you want to clarify, please do so. Yeah.
1: So right there, I'm going to stop you guys just for a second. I'm going to say that that was a what I heard you say, David. And then David is checking back in with you, and he's saying, "Wait a minute." you heard if you heard me say that that isn't what i that isn't what i said and that isn't what i meant so that gives david a chance to explain what he meant in the process of clarifying you know the the communication with you but what you heard him say is very interesting and very significant um that particular interpretation of it and 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 see that's in your heart that's your heart ernie and that's what I love about you. There's that, that there's this sensitivity there, and you're being really honest about it, um, or the you know and how you feel this sensitivity, and I want to understand that better. So I'm glad you said that, David. What 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 would you correct? You know, you said I didn't say that. So what did?
3: Yeah. You say? In, in my mind it didn't matter whether or not steve was being led by the holy spirit and in often cases i i wouldn't know whether or not someone is being i wouldn't be able to guess whether or not someone's being led by the holy spirit until i heard what they said um my goal was to allow anyone who could be led by the holy spirit to speak up in the way that steve did now, i incidentally believe that he was but my goal was not to defend steve because he was already done my goal was to defend the next person who might be motivated by the Holy Spirit to say something like that. And so I'm not trying to pick winners or losers or who's or who's led by the Holy Spirit or not. My goal is to encourage all of that kind of communication and not let anyone censor it. And that's, so I am censoring censorship. I think like, um, I want that kind of communication to happen. So I didn't okay. do it because I thought...
2: Fair enough. That was different what you said before, but I accept that's what, you, what I heard you say before, but I accept that that's what you meant.
0: Um, the, right, the, so it's interesting to me,
2: I mean, it sounds like that was a misphrasing if that's what you intended to say the first time, because I feel like that's what I heard you say. It is, it is certainly fair, Janet, that this is a sore point with me, right, because I have been many times Um, where um, person A has done something wrong, and I have uh, commented on it or called them out on it, and then person A unloads on me, and then uh, I am the one who is then publicly ridiculed for causing the problem.
1: Okay, stop right
2: now.
1: Can you tell me specifically when? And don't use person A, person B. I felt it was like a church me- it, was a ch- it was a church meeting
0: um,
2: several years ago, and I've since reconciled with the people involved, uh, where um, one person expressed pain, uh, person C expressed pain over something that happened, and then person A just blew them off. And I, as person B, said, what, you know, Aren't you going to respond to that person said it sounds like they're really hurting and that person just unloaded on me and said how dare you I'm sick and tired of you telling me what to do with my life or something along those lines. Um and so
0: how and why did that hurt you? Well,
2: huh? that didn't hurt me. Um what um the it, it was like, wow, okay, the um um what was Hurtful was the next day. We had this interchange. We're sitting there in a large meeting with all the elders and stuff. And person A says to me, Ernie, I just wanted to apologize to you for uh, the emotional outburst I had yesterday. And I felt so trapped because. Like, the outburst didn't bother me. What bothered me was that this individual had dismissed the pain of this other person. And they were not acknowledging that, and they were not uh, dealing with it. They put me in this situation where, um, you know, and honestly, I said, you know, I'm sorry. This is on me. I'm just not in a place where I'm ready to forgive you just yet, and I really am sorry for that. Were you um, in a double bind? It was, it, was, it was a double bind of sorts. Yeah, but but to be perfectly frank, it felt manipulative.
0: Yeah, it felt that's... like the,
2: the person A was embarrassed about the mistake they'd made, and they wanted to apologize to me in this way, where I would just go through the the, the, the comforting mouthing rituals, uh-huh. and say everything's fine, don't worry about it. You know, the most important thing. So this is why, like, I sympathize with David. I really sympathize with him. Like, I really want, you know, the first principle is we need to honor and recognize and support people who do that, who speak up against leadership. I just fundamentally disagree that the way we do that is by um, overriding to the outcome that we think must happen.
1: Well, there's definitely a lot of work, um, and David, you might be one of the first people to, to admit this. But we all have to do this there's there's a lot of work that we still have to do um that can beef up our listening skills. Um and it can be communicated I mean it can be giving an impression, especially when there's a use statement used mm-hmm. that says, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but you're doing this, you know, blah blah blah. blah. There can be there can be a really helpful way of saying that that doesn't that that the use statement actually ends up really boxing somebody into a corner and that's why it's ineffective, even though it's hanging on a truth or something that's motivated by truth but it still can be too boxing into a corner and that's why it's not a not that effective um so we that's something that that the the group you know could react to in you know if it's being done in a moderation um but it but uh with regard i mean there's just a lot of work that we all have to do with our communication skills it's it's just really true um so but but back to back to the original thing about um about about authority i mean, I, I totally understand the abuse of authority is is, is really manipulative right. there's, there's another one that's actually more poignant so i think
2: if we're going through the emotional therapy i may as well mention it as well
1: i just um, want to get to know you Ernie, a bit better how you how you tick but but but, but, but let me let me tell you this one cuz this is a
2: good foundational story for why i feel like this is a big deal
1: yeah so i had another
2: meeting with um, let's call persons x y and z so we had a visiting pastor person x and he was coming in and having a conversation with a group of the young men and an older gentleman who was kind of shepherding the group. And we'll call that person Y. And I showed up and I said, I had I had a question. Actually, the very question I shared with you, David, about like the important thing is that when we make decisions, it should be based on reason, revelation and reason and experience. Because mm-hmm. I felt like sometimes in our group that people were really focusing on like truly theological things or whatever and dismissing the experiential part of it. And I shared that picture to him and he goes, oh yeah, Ernie, that was really good. Um, I totally agree with that. And then like in the meeting, like an hour later, person X suddenly got triggered by something and he just starts tearing into me about this topic. And I try to like answer his questions as best I can, but it ends up destroying the evening. And okay, so that was one thing. Then the next day, uh we're having a meeting with the rest of us after the person X says, God. And person Y says, Ernie, I really feel like that meeting went badly last week. Would you please? I really feel like you need to apologize to the group.
0: And I, I said, am.
2: Okay. I stood up and I apologized and you know did the ritual, whatever. And then a little time later I met one on one with person Y. I said, Well, what's going on there? He goes, Well, clearly he was, you know, attacking you and you brought it up. And I said, you know, what What did you expect me to do? Like, he attacked me you. Like, I wasn't trying to have this conversation. I was just trying to deflect myself. That
1: just sounds so he said, dis-
2: Well, the <laughs> person Y said, well, you should have, you know, um, i just may to hope Dave understand where I'm coming through. He said, well, you should have stopped him. You know, so like, well, what you, well, why didn't you stop him? You're the older person in the room. He goes, well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, you know, like, I can see all kinds of red flags in, in,
2: in that one. I, you know, I'm with you. Yeah, so you, with you, you. and seriously, this is, this, is, this is the thing. Like, I don't mind being reamed and criticized and pilloried. All I ask is someone actually explain to me what is the right thing to do. Because I really don't understand. Because if the right thing to do is to use my power to punish those I think are doing wrong, uh, first of all, no one seems to want me to do that to them. They always want me to do that to somebody else.
0: Um and do two, it to me. I just don't see that as being Christ like. Do it to it's me. Not, it's not Christ-like. what Do it to me. Okay. I, I, think... I mean like I've already
3: suggested that uh I you should remove me as moderator. I I I basically suggested the punishment.
2: Is that a punishment or a reward? <laughs> That's the only problem.
3: Well, I mean I think in your mind it's more of a punishment, so
2: no, no fair enough. I mean, to be fair, I already kind of did that today, and i'm I'm not expecting you to moderate the next one. I don't even know what's going to happen between now and then anyway. um yeah, I was, but I was yeah. hoping we would
3: actually be progress towards that in this conversation. I feel like well, we're not quite getting there
1: getting
3: i by the way there,
2: but, your example there yeah.
3: I really don't think you should I really strongly feel like you should not have apologized and if I was there, I would have said, no, don't apologize that's ridiculous,
2: probably, and that's why the second time I didn't um. You know kind of give in there uh but so so you, know, you do think story. there
3: but, are yeah. you do think there are times in which it's wrong to apologize
2: uh yes well in as well that's interesting question you
3: objected to that yeah. earlier earlier you objected to well, that you said
2: well to be fair yeah to be fair like the um but it, you know, whatever, so it was wrong to me apologize i don't know so um in that point I could not see any constructive outcome. Well, actually, let I me. Mean, uh, uh, so, the uh, Ernie, uh, uh, yeah, it's a fair. It's, it's, I'm not sure. Let me just to support you, Ernie. One.
1: I don't. I don't see. I mean, that was a different situation. Steve. But, Steve's uh, situation has its own unique variables. As did that one. As you come. Yeah. As you talked about the story, I I see that story that you shared about what happened earlier in your life as with a dysfunctional situation that was very manipulative and one doesn't always know on the fly exactly how to handle these things, you know, yeah. we I take can it sure, as- though,
0: a... yeah,
2: I do think though, I, I would say it in this case that uh, falling on my sword for that one and doing a public apology, submitting to authority, as I still believe is a useful thing to do, it opened the door for me to have that conversation with the leader afterwards, where he acknowledged that he had been the same problem with me. Whereas I'm pretty sure that if I had uh, stood on my rights, it might've been more entertaining, but less likely to have led to a uh, honest relationship.
1: Yeah, it would have, there
3: would have been a buy-in there. I I really want to deep dive on this because I think it, it illustrates the point. Like, I, I don't know the circumstances, and it, it's perfectly possible that actually it was right for you to apologize. I mean, maybe you were in the mm-hmm. wrong, or maybe just – maybe when you don't know what to do, it's better to mm-hmm. just be humble and apologize. And maybe that was the situation. I could see that, and, and it was maybe the right choice. But it, it's also okay. possible that it was actually the wrong choice, that you were being asked to fall on a sword, and and that was being used to justify someone else's bad behavior. <laughs> And I think right. Jesus would not would not die or, or put himself on the cross in order to justify someone else's sin.
2: Wait, is that exactly what he did? If he didn't, no, I mean, but, I don't, I, He wait, didn't he justify our sins; sin. he
3: forgave our sin. They're you know they're very different. There's a difference between saying that it wasn't. Do you not sin, think we were justified?
2: A, when you say well, okay? Well, uh, you think you're using the word justified? No. Okay, with a slightly different nuance that I'm used to. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I then, uh, declaring
3: declaring the bad behavior good.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, right. I, I, okay. I see what you're trying to say there. He, he's not trying. Well, but the distinction is getting really murky here, though. Right. That. I mean.
0: No, well, I mean that's what you, sense,
3: you said. Fall upon the sword. That's what you were sort of suggesting right? That you were being asked. In some sense, the, yeah. The, it's, it's
2: saying like you know, you know the. Um, Yes, and the thing is, you know, this is a real, um, this is not a trivial point where, like, it's obviously one way or the other to me. There's a lot of gray areas in there uh, of how we use these words. Because in some sense, Jesus is saying that our sin doesn't matter. And, you know, in a deeper sense, God is saying, yeah, I created this world so that you know, where you are able to sin, and I think that's a good thing, and I am justifying all that on the cross, and so it's not, and and more as a practical matter of how do we save the world, how do we actually make people follow Jesus and love him and surrender to him, it involves a fair amount of falling on swords, as far as I can tell.
3: Yeah, but it's the admitting wrongdoing that, that wasn't wrong. I mean, it's a lie, basically. And the problem so I had with what it, it, he said was it wasn't true.
2: Well, well wait, did you actually what, – what part of it was not true? He never said that he was wrong to rebuke me. He never apologized for that. He apologized for uh, saying it in a way that caused people emotional distress and for saying – and that people felt hurt by him being away so long.
0: Uh, he,
3: he, he apologized for at that time saying those things in that manner. And he I did not think apologize for the
2: things he said at all.
3: He did not apologize for the content, but he does apologize for for saying it in that time in that way.
2: And do you not do and you think that was totally inappropriate and wrong? That we should encourage people to to do that? <laughs>
3: I, yes. I I think I think he was wrong to apologize for that. I think that uh, people should be encouraged to speak up. Yes, especially in this group if we had a group of people who were always calling each other out and there was lots of infighting and stuff like that then yeah i would say that that's that's destructive but i would say especially in the context of this group and especially in the context of steve and how he's been it, it was so clear he's been bottling things up for a while and he finally let it all out i would say absolutely him saying i shouldn't have said anything at so you
0: time.
2: you are perfectly happy justifying sins that you agree with
3: I don't think it's a sin.
2: You Do you think, well, you think it was a good thing for Steve to lose his temper and yell at me and rebuke me in a way that I had no idea what was going on? As opposed I, to, oh, for example,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. This like is agreeing to going, have the
2: conversation. This, this is, like, this, is like, this is the point. This, 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 is, this is my concern, right? Is that I feel like David is saying that he only wants to call out the sins that he himself objects to, and everything else is perfectly fine and tolerable.:
3: And what I'm saying is, I want people to be able to call out sin and out,
2: awesome. oh, so, But I don't get to call out, but I don't get to call out No, Let's you do here. Yes, You should why didn't you give me a chance to say
0: anything then?:
3: Well, you give plenty of chances to talk to Steve. You have plenty of chances to call him out in the group. You spoke plenty of times. I never stopped you from calling Steve out.
2: But you, st- you didn't. But you, you, you deliberately didn't want anyone to say, you know, Steve, that hurt and it was wrong, but I forgive you. That was the thing you were trying to prevent happening.
3: Oh, you mean for, to prevent future call-outs? Yes.
2: No, to prevent anyone, to, to, the, 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 anything that Steve did that was wrong you did not want anyone to even think of calling him out of that, even Steve himself. That's not true, because, because everyone... Because the important thing that he was doing was so good that it obliterated any other concern about the other sins, any other possible that's sins. Not,
3: that's not true. I Everyone talked about the tone, uh, I think, or most people talked about the tone. There were plenty of criticism going towards Steve. Um, sure, most of it went your way, but I think there were other people who criticized Steve. I wasn't defending everything Steve did. I think the part I I'm okay with, with him being angry, and using strong language, losing your temper, losing control—that goes a bit too far. I I think like I'd like to start uh, what he was saying, but then when when he lost his when when he, he when the incident happened, but I think it led into losing his temper, and that's the problem. So I would say like the first bit of what he did was good, but then it went bad, and so I want that start and i i I wish we had a group in which we could like let people well you know i would say like i I think the problem started before then i think like steve actually had these thoughts and feelings for a while now and he just didn't feel like he could could say anything and until eventually it just it just it
2: boiled over and i and i I think you have that mental model in your head and you might be right but there's other models that could be right too yes
0: i accept that
2: okay and I feel like you've made – you've justified all your decisions based on that mental model I
0: you without, being con-
2: without about- giving me a chance for contrary evidence.
0: Ooh, and, and here, you, here's my
2: point. You know, what, what do you mean? You asked me – okay, that's not fair. That's that's
3: still so not fair, Ernie. But okay. You, you asked me to demonstrate uh, a model that I thought was better, and then I demonstrated it. Right. And then you, and then I, then I got on a call with you, and I'm talking to you about, it and I'm letting you criticize and attack it. And at the beginning of it, I even allowed people. I said, if you have a problem with what I'm doing, please bring your criticisms. I have invited criticisms along every step of the way.
2: Yes. So, so when you say that I, I, I'm, I'm not allowing challenges to this, that's not true. I have. No, no, been. no, my, 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 no. No, no. My point is today in this call with Janet, mm-hmm. what I am claiming and I gotta, like, my kids are upset at me and I have to go deal with them in a few minutes, so I'll say one last thing, is that I feel like that, yes, you've allowed me to criticize you, but you have given me various reasons for why your actions were perfectly justified. Like, I'm with Janet, like, we all make mistakes, we all struggle, whatever, we all have to help each other grow and all this, but I feel like you're saying no. You're saying what you did was the right thing to do and that, if I suggest otherwise, that I'm wrong.
3: I I am not blanketly saying that there is no better alternatives. I'm saying I have not heard a better alternative from you.
2: Right, and the reason is that case is that, yes, and I think that this gets back to this fundamental issue that is, um, I, which is, helps me to realize how hard it is for me to articulate but even to the extent you understand me I think you actually disagree on fundamental philosophical grounds um and I don't know any way around that so that's my last piece
3: well I would like us to say, I, I I think there is something fundamental we disagree on and my hope is that we can discover what it is because I don't know what it is exactly
1: you know what that's a good place to I think End this and and contemplate on it, because yes, I you do disagree, and I and I hear the disagreement. I think we need to reflect on it what those what you two disagree about, in order to be able to uh, you know to really work to really work more on it. Um, so that's what I really hope that. That, that you'll be able to do is is um and what I hope for me myself is both to understand your each of your positions a little bit better. I got a little bit closer to understanding your positions tonight. And it was really grateful for me to be able to listen to you both and also listen to you you problem solve. And some of this problem also, I'll admit freely that it, it is it is ab- beyond me. It's somewhat above me. And that's, but gradually I think I'll be learning a little bit more about it. and may, um, I may have some insights. I don't know. Uh, I may also need to be corrected on some things. I think it's a good place to leave it.
2: Yeah, that was actually beautiful, David. I really appreciate it uh that perspective and i can get behind that that i we clearly disagree but i don't understand exactly why and may god in his grace show us the way forward thank you i mean i
3: i can't tell you how much i appreciate how much effort you're putting into this likewise and it means the world to me. it really does
2: well I'm, i'm glad it's helping god bless you thank you all bye okay bye-bye
3: jenna are you still there
0: yeah i'm still there
3: you want to do a call or is this too late for you
1: um let's let's uh, talk about it a few minutes but it's getting late and my brain is really fried um so, uh, I mean, well, well, well. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was fried before the conversation I want to, I want to thank you
3: um, for for helping. I your presence here was, I think, great at sort of. Keeping cooler heads. So, well, um, that, thank that you,
0: I mean, tremendous. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh. I, clearly, Ernie and I don't know what we're doing, right
3: uh, we're both taking shots in the dark, trying to figure out like what is what is it that we are doing as as leaders, what is it that we disagree on, what is it we should be doing? what is it that's Christ likes We're guessing right and we're coming up with very different conclusions, and we're not sure why because you know we're both intelligent people, we're both being very logical and it's it's tough so um you know i really i i do appreciate you uh being here and letting this hijack your time i i can't thank you enough for that And seeing i'm so late with us on this thank you well, so much
1: you're 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 welcome to it um um there i wish that uh I wish that I had um something like brilliant to say about it or something, but let me just think for a second. Um let me try to get my brain back in here. So give me like a minute of contemplation.
3: Mm -hmm. I assume this thing's still recording. Yeah. Uh and if you see this later. Be sure to include it. I I don't, I don't want you to cut any of this out.
1: Okay. Sometimes when I get into situations like this, where I'm listening to um, a couple of you at the same time, there's so much information going on. um, It's a stimulus overload for me. And I wasn't even able to say that until just now. But that's prob- that's what's going on for me, I think. Um, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, it's. And uh, part of what the overload is for me about is I hear so many um, breaks, I suppose, or in both of you in the way that you're communicating with each other and the only way that i know that i could help the communication be more more effective is if is if um less is being said in chunks you know like a few statements at a time and then what i heard you say and then you know we could work on you know really some 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 smaller, fine-tuned details about how to get the about um, what would help uh, fix the communications because because there are a lot of problems with them on both sides, you and Ernie. But it's happening fast, and it's happening. Um, there's just a lot going on at the same time, and there's a lot of information overload and that leads for a lot of misunderstandings and so and i was finding it difficult to follow because it was like information overload in stereo um coming from both of you guys um yeah it's just it's just gonna take a little bit more work but i i understand uh, i think um you know, I would want Ernie to understand that I agree with him on a lot of the things that he said. Um, I also agree with the, you have a point of view. So it sounds like I'm agreeing with everybody. Um,
3: no, no. actually, when you said I agree, you have a point of view, it, it sounded like you didn't agree with me at all. <laughs> but I know what? What you meant. You know what you meant. When you said I agree, you have a point of view, that's what you said. And you didn't say you agreed with the point of view. You you said you agreed that I had one.
1: <laughs> isn't that isn't that profound? <laughs> yep, that's about where I'm at tonight with my with <laughs> with where I'm at. Anyway, um, I just look. I I I love talking with you. I mean, I love all of this stuff. Um, I just I think I'm a little bit too tired to think about it right now. Um, mm. but. We'll keep it up. I mean, we'll keep up the conversation. Yes,
3: yeah.
1: I just want to support you with whatever I know um, like is' if it's how to do it better and then also um, if I can just be a little bit more intimate with you guys too, however the Lord however it the opportunity is to be able to share with you guys and to be able to. Love with you guys, at the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I commend you for giving it a good try. Thank you. So, David, how about if we do this? And we can, you and I can continue chatting about this, um, and we can take it from from there but maybe at another time uh how about um i, I like i mean you emailed me i thought those were great questions
3: <laughs> those were just some of my thoughts uh, based on what you sent me
1: yeah so you know i love hearing your thoughts about uh, you know on, on all of that stuff that that was totally fun
3: I, I don't understand your optimism.
0: Well, I hope you will have, soon.
3: <laughs> I, it's not like you, I I don't know. I feel like you have too much love for things.
1: <laughs> I hope that you will soon. I hope that's the part that's contagious.
3: Uh, it's the part that I'm paying attention to when you speak and, and trying to understand and trying to absorb more than anything else. Very good trying to because I feel that. you know there's a there's a lot of conflict in and stuff here mm-hmm. and some charged emotions and i feel i feel really sorry for ernie because I think this is i think this is weighing on him a bit and yes. sort of and, and wounding him more than it is me um I'm feeling it too, yes
1: very much so mhm
3: but i think i think it's 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 hurting him more, and I don't want that. Well and I and you know and I when I and I just see you just sitting there going, oh, man, I love all of this and I love you guys and everything's great and I'm just like, Man, if everyone always had that attitude, wouldn't the world be a better place? Well uh, I wish I I wish I always had that attitude.
1: That's that's very that's very kind too and, and, and loving of you to say. So so I'll take that and I'm gonna say, Yippee. Woo hoo It's great. Uh let's talk later, okay?
3: Okay. Well, have a good night, Janet. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you too. Okay, bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.